Yeah, we're recording. Oh, we're live. We're here. Let's we're talk about Man on the Moon from 1999. You went down a Milos Forman rabbit hole this weekend. I wouldn't say rabbit hole, but kind of. You watched about, what, four of them? I only watched two. Oh, okay, okay, okay. That's why I said not rabbit hole, but let's do an intro. Um, let's play the theme song here, and then I'll get into what I watched. Welcome to Hollywood is Dead. I'm Phoenix West. Dick to God. Hey, it's Hid 26, the Hid Warrior. That's the episode. I need to change these titles to actually be what we're talking about. Hid 26. <laughs> I'm kind of running myself, painting myself into a corner. Yeah. Because I'm like, Hid 24, no idea what we talked about based on the title. I can't believe we're on Hid 26. Yeah. That's insane. 25 like just, out of 26 weeks that we did it. I mean, it's just like I can't believe we, we've gone this far already. It's like, oh, my God. Yeah. We just started this, I feel like, the other day. It's so weird. Yeah. I don't, I don't even want to venture a guess. I think we started, started in September. I think so, yeah. That sounds about right, but let me take a look. Yeah. Maybe August. It was... Oh, shit. We were both way off. Oh, you were close. No. You were off by a couple days. July 29th. Okay. Oh, shit. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Didn't realize this is a summer show, but it makes wow. sense. But today we're talking about Man I on the Moon. Yeah. Wow. Okay. 1999's movie, Milos yes. Foreman. I only watched this and The People vs. Larry Flint. Yes. I watched them because they have almost the same cast, almost yes, the same... Do. I don't want to say storyline, but same premise, which is a wet, a weirdo who's a real life figure played by a, a fucking solid actor, really into the role. And it's just a lot of the similarities between the two movies that caught my interest. Uh, not that I'm here tragedy. to compare the two, but yeah, tragedy. Both and end in tragedy. Both have uh, humor. Only they're opposites with the Courtney Love factor, because in this, yes. he dies. Courtney Love watches him die. And uh, people are later Flint. Courtney Love dies, and he has to pull her out of the bathtub. Sure, I'll see you now. Yeah. Heroin addicted bitch. But I fucking love this movie, Dick. I really yes, do. It's a good movie. It is a very good movie. I love I love Dane DeVito playing Bob Zamuda. <clears throat> oh, no, I'm sorry. He's not playing Bob Zamuda. No. Uh, uh, um, uh, um, he plays George shit. Shapiro. He plays his agent. Bob Smith is his friend, who's his co cohort, and that's played by um, Paul Giamatti. There you Paul go. Giamatti yep. is Bob Smith. Yeah. Who just who worked awesome. the year previous with? Uh, he's in a he's in a, a Jim Carrey movie without any scenes of Jim Carrey because he's in Truman Show. Is he really? I don't. I forgot yeah. that. He's one I of the control guys him. under okay. uh, what's his name. Uh, Ed Harris. Yeah, Ed Harris. I don't know why I blinked on his name, but uh, uh, what's his name? Christoph. Yeah, he he's he's, he's up in the moon base, and he's like, yeah. he tells him to make the you know the water sink him, and he's like, he won't do it. And Ed Harris takes over and makes him tip it him over. <clears throat> right. Yeah. Truman Show is one of my favorite movies. I've seen it maybe two times. This one not as good as Truman Show for me, but I I it's a solid fucking movie. It has everything you want from a movie. 
Yeah. It has a bizarre, a bizarre lead character, it, regardless if you're talking about Jim Carrey or Andy Kaufman. Right. We, and in this situation, Andy One Kaufman... <laughs> Andy Kaufman what died in what the eighties? Eighty four. Did he die that that 80, late or that early? He died in no. I looked up Jim Carrey, not Andy Kaufman. Um, <laughs> I wish I wish Jim Carrey was dead. No. Uh, Andy Kaufman was just alive. When, when did Andy Kaufman pass? He died in yeah eighty four. Oh shit! So it's that long ago. So yeah, uh, Andy Kaufman is is a different breed of cat he's more of a performance artist he's more or less not really a comedian he's more of that avant-garde where do we push the limit like he was ahead of his time i guess in a sense because of his whole like the wrestling thing was pretty ingenious where he was just like i want to wrestle women and be and he'd be a heel he basically created, he was the heel he basically created the wwe like he, he did World Wrestling Federation, in a sense, because you couldn't do it with the men because you knew better. Women was the best <laughs> way to go, and it's it was hilarious. It was it was funny, and he built this rapport with with that other wrestler, with Jerry Fall Faller. Uh, Jerry Faller. <laughs> Jerry Falwell was from uh, People vs. Larry Flint. <laughs> Jerry Falwell was the was Jerry Falwell was was the, was the priest was the reverend. No, but uh, Jerry Jerry Lawler. John Lawler, that's what it was, okay. Very he similar. Again, a lot of similarities between the two movies yeah. that can't be overlooked. Jerry Lawler was in on it. Jerry yeah. Lawler was in on, on it. Make that appear in the movie, too, because Jerry Lawler was like, yeah, oh, no, I'll do what Andy wants me to do, sure. Just tell me, did I hurt you, Andy? I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, you were great, Jerry. <laughs> and it's actually funny because <laughs> okay. I did watch the Netflix uh, documentary today. It's uh, Jim and Andy. Yes. I watched it today. It was pretty crazy. I didn't realize how far down the rabbit hole Jim Carrey went. Yes. I also, I, I kind of had some uh, opposite reactions at the same time. Where I was like, I get why he's doing it. I totally do. And I agree. Also, calm the fuck down, man. Well, it's it's in the sense of Andy Kaufman being that wacky yes. personality. It's, so Jim Carrey's trying to channel that. Andy Coffin would do something like this for a movie. Why shouldn't I be able to do it? And it would be, I think he did it more or less to get an Oscar. I think it was him thinking this was it. Truman Show, he should have won. He didn't. Uh, and then he, he really should have won for Eternal Sunshine, but that was like four years later. But this was like his middle ground. This is like the epic of his career at this point was, was this movie. Because he has all the success in the world. And this is his big moment where he can make because nobody could make this movie ever. This movie could not be made today. It shouldn't exist. It shouldn't exist. There should not be an Andy Kaufman movie called "Man on the Moon" based on the REM song. It just, yes, it shouldn't be that. But there's there is a version of this movie that does exist, like in the alternate reality world, or right. the what's it called? The well, there is a metaverse, but. It's a made-for-TV movie that fucking sucks. Is it really? Which one was that? No, I'm oh, saying oh, that's, that's, that's how this movie right. should have been made. Right. It shouldn't this have is... had one of the biggest stars on the planet playing <coughs> someone that nobody fucking remembers at this. It should have been Wired. 
the Jim Belushi movie, the John Belushi movie. You ever heard of that? What's it called? That with Michael Chiklis. That's John Wired. It was the, it was about SNL in the seventies about John Belushi and how he died and burnt out. Oh no! And Michael Ch- Michael Chiklis played John Belushi. And oh my it almost ruined, god! It almost ruined his career and it just started because people hated it and they said, "Made for how TV." Dare you? Sounds. I don't know if it was. I don't think it was made for TV. I think he ran theaters. It was a Bob Wired Woodward book. Wired, yeah. It was a book that was written by Bob Woodward or Bernstein, one of the two that wrote uh, all Bob Woodward. Then. And, uh, yeah, it's about John Belushi. The ghost of John Belushi looks back on his troubled life and career while journalist Bob Woodward researches Belushi's... It sounds like adaptation. Researches Belushi's life as he prepares to write a book about the late comic actor. This sounds like adaptation with a ghost. And I've never seen the movie, but I know it's one of those... I want to watch it just because I'm curious, but it's, like, impossible to find, and it's supposed to be really terrible. I'm going to add this to my list. I will find this. <clears throat> yeah, I think it's. I think you could stream it. We I'm, will I'm discuss to... that movie because I, we both yeah. love John Belushi. Yeah. I've never seen it. Yeah, we like Michael Chiklis. What can go wrong? Yeah, like but, look look at the cast. Who plays Dan Aykroyd? I just who closed plays... it. Um, hold on. because oh, it's no, funny. I got it. I got it here. I saved it. You're gonna see who plays these actors playing. It's kind of weird. I think Judy Belushi's Lucinda Jenny. J.T. Walsh is Bob Woodward. There you go. Gary Grooms is Dan Aykroyd. Okay. How is this guy not older Louis C.K. is beyond me. <laughs> Look at this guy. He's a character actor. I recognize him, but he looks like oh, older. Oh, no, yeah, I've seen him around. He looks yeah, like Louis C.K. in about 15 years. Yes. Um, who's Why, Gary? watch me touch myself. Who's Gary Grooms, though? Gary Grooms. No, I don't know. His only picture on IMDb is him as Dan Aykroyd. I think a lot of these guys never worked again because Wired was considered a slap in the face. Why was it called to... Wired? Because he's wired. Because he's so wired up. and he's So it's a reference wired. to the microphone he carried for the Blues Brothers and Wired for Energy? Like I think Wired for Cocaine more than anything. But wired from being call a it... animal. Nose Candy, think... the John Belushi story. <laughs> you know what? I would say so, yes. Rapid Heartbeat. Nose Candy, starring Michael Chiklis. Heartbeeps. Oh, Wait, that's no. That's a great movie. That's a separate one. No. Have you watched Heartbeeps? Have you seen the movie from minute one to the end minutes, closing credits? I have not, but you know why it's I said it? fucking Do you know why rough. I said it? I haven't. I said it because who's I the main, who's the main star? Dollar. Andy fucking Kaufman. Andy Kaufman. All right, let's talk Andy, about this Randy is why Quaid. Andy Kaufman's out of his fucking mind. <laughs> yeah. I Randy wish they Quaid. had a part of this movie that was about heartbeeps. <laughs> I know. How that would have been interesting. How out of order do we need to go with this movie? If you haven't seen it, definitely watch it. Blah blah blah. The rest is gonna oh, be out of order. We're not here to discuss the actual like plot. This isn't what this show is. No. I love the fact that Danny DeVito plays George Shapiro. Meanwhile, yes, Danny DeVito is part of himself is part of the story, and they just don't include him in the taxi references. It's so weird. He's there. No, he's there. I think he's there. He's there as George. No, I I I watched this last night or a couple nights ago with that in mind. I'm like, all right, yeah. And I was telling my wife because she doesn't know shit about like the the Hollywood you know backstory, and I'm like, all right, he's in Taxi in real life with Andy. And he's playing a different person here. And I'm watching, I'm like, because they have Christopher Lloyd, they have uh, 
Carol Kane. They have what's his fucking name? Yep. From Independence Day. Why am I blanking on his name? Everybody who's who's uh, 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 the Jewish. Yeah. Why am I blanking on his name though? Uh, oh my God! I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, Judd Jud Hirsch, Judd Hirsch. They had Judd Hirsch. Oh, Hirsch. They had a uh, a guy that looks like Michael Dudikoff. Who was that? He was the other guy who's dead now. He was the guy that was he's dead. Uh, they had yeah, pretty much everybody on the, who was alive. Everyone was still alive at that point when they made this movie. Now, yeah. pretty much they're all dead, except for Judd Hirsch. And and Judd Hirsch no. is kicking. Nominated for everyone Oscar, else is still Judd alive. Hirsch. Yeah, Jeffrey right. Conway, that's his name. Judd Hirsch is... Uh, Jeff Conway's dead. Uh, J- Jennifer... Uh, uh, yeah, Jennifer, I'm just saying. Jennifer Tish. Uh, uh, he's nominated Mary Lou Henner. Supporting actor in The Fablemans. They did not get Tony Danza to come back, around. though. I wonder why. Well, he was too too busy being a high school teacher at that point. I think he was teaching in a high school in New York. He Jeff Conway died in 2011. At that moment. He's, yeah, the, he's the creeper in Greece. Mary Lou Henner, she's still alive. Yes, she was like the youngest. She's still alive. Yeah. Christopher Lloyd, she got. He's so fucking. He was born in 1938. He predates World War. Poland was not invaded by the Nazis by the time he was born. That's how fucking old Christopher Lloyd is. Marty, Marty, (laughs) we have to go back to my birth before the before Poland invaded. Carol Kane's way younger. And she was born in 1952. She's young by comparison. There you go. I love every scene in this movie where they reenact Andy doing something. Because there's plenty of scenes like that. There's a scene right. on him stage doing the record, the Mighty Mouse on oh, yeah. SNL. There's scenes of him doing the reading yeah. the novel in the British accent to ASU out here. There's scenes yeah. of him doing Taxi. There's the scene on Fridays, which is like an SNL ripoff. Yes. Where he gets slapped right, by Norm MacDonald. Or gets, he throws yeah, he Norm MacDonald. He's playing Michael Richards. Yeah. He's playing Michael Richards. Yes, he is. Michael Richards slapped Andy Kaufman. He, he did. Yep. yep. And that was real. Before he called him the end. Before he called him the end. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Richards is not in on the gag. And uh, We'll save yeah. this for the next topic. Is the premise of Andy Kaufman's persona. Right. And how we feel about that. But yes. Just to move through the movie. He's There's more or less that reenact- a performance no. artist. We'll save that for next. Hold on. There's the scenes yeah. where I'm trying to think of other reenactment scenes that they do. There's plenty of them, and I love all the of wrestling, them. Wrestling, the wrestling. Rest- the thing the wrestling is, though, is, the documentary from Netflix, you watch those same exact scenes, and you realize how nobody was around for most of them. Right. It's like him in a chair. Getting interviewed, being like, women belong in the kitchen. And then you see the movie, and he's like in front of the audience, like, women belong in the kitchen. It's like so blown out. But it doesn't, right. like seeing that, the reality, because I, I knew Andy, like I watched the Andy Kaufman clips and everything. Not the first so time I watched this movie, but there's subsequently. A do- there's a documentary, that's where I knew Andy Kaufman was before Man on the Moon. There's a documentary about Andy Kaufman, and it talks about his entire existence being a comedian and all the comedians yeah. talking about him. They show all the the wrestling stuff, a lot of, some of the taxi stuff, but mostly it focused on the wrestling stuff because that's what he was really known for. Yeah. And that was, was well, most of that's on TV. That. That's why it's, yeah, it's on yeah. TV and it was like free to cheap. Yeah. 
and people, people love. I mean, just people couldn't understand it. They didn't believe it. They thought it was real. It was all fake, one hundred percent fake. It was always a fake. It was always a joke. And Sonny, uh, Tony Clifton, who he he created, he, oh he my would God. play him sometimes. And Bob Zemuda would play Tony, which was a genius. They they were both playing this character, Tony Clifton, uh, which was its own. Who, who uh, the, the people believed that Tony Clifton was two different people. They thought he was someone else, and so they would pay him separately when they would want Andy Kaufman. So they'd have to pay for Tony Clifton, too. So two guys, they were getting two checks out of that deal. They it's loved, so or not, not they loved, they did a really good job in the movie when Danny DeVito's like on the phone. He's like, right. you know, Andy won't be there, right? He's like, no. yeah, 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 I want to hire Tony. <laughs> He's like, okay, hire Tony. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's when they show Bob as him. I love that they they show it, first. It's Jim Carrey as as Tony Clifton. Clearly, right. he's yes, three feet yes. taller. Yeah. And then it cuts the ah, back ah, screen, ah, and you see Andy come out. You know, Jim Carrey as Andy come out. Right, and he's playing yeah. the bongos, and then it's clearly uh, Paul Giamatti because he's right. he chunkier he and kicks his his drums. Yeah. Out, he's pissed off. He's upstaging Tony Clifton. And I guess this is a good. Uh, segue into the backstory of Andy Andy Kaufman, the actual person behind the the movie here. Right. I find it every I find every detail that he did hilarious. Yeah, that's how my brain works because I I like to fuck with people as well. I I enjoy that even if it's for nobody else. I still find enjoyment out of it because I'll do shit and I'm like that was for I need I sometimes I don't even find enjoyment. I was like that was for the audience in my head. I just did it because I just I just strangled that lady for no reason. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, he was he is the prestige. He's yeah. Christian Bale. The life is the joke. Like he is he is on twenty four seven. He is this character that exists in the world, designed to make you laugh, or, or not. Just even. Or just to be like, what the? What is this? What is going on? Because he just didn't give a shit. And, yeah, and that's a partner with Bob Zemuda, who was basically he couldn't do it by himself. He needed a guy like Zemuda to push him and to, to, to work each other off of each other because they both had the same kind of sick sense of humor. That's what I love. And to oh, sorry to find uh, well, I mean to say to find a, a simpatico manager slash agent Ben Shapiro. Or a Shapiro. Hi, how you doing? Hey, what are you doing? I'm gonna go make fun of those libtards. Let's get those libtards. I'm Ben Shapiro. No, um, and, uh, I walked into my wife's bedroom. I'm sorry. Sorry, Ben. Did you say your wife's bedroom? What a fuck. Anyway, <laughs> fucking and, uh, Ben. <clears throat> anyway, yeah, go ahead. But uh, yeah, just just and then, uh, of course you have the cavalcade of. It was kind of funny because I feel like this is a Danny DeVito movie, but it's form it. Because it has a lot of Danny DeVito actors. It does. And it, it like from like Death to Death Smoochie is fucking incredible. And, and I love Death to Smoochie. Okay. Um, should we do Death to Smoochie after next now. week? It'll be Drop Zone and then Death to Smoochie or the opposite? I think, uh, maybe Death to Smoochie after Drop Zone. Okay. We'll do Drop because Zone next yeah, and then Death to Smoochie. Amazon. I don't, I'm not sure. Because Death to Smoochie has, has Edward Norton as the main character yeah. and Edward Norton yeah. is in Milos Forman's. Uh, yeah, people versus Larry, Larry, Flint, Larry Flint, and he's incredible in that movie. Yeah, that's a funny. That's a movie that is. Death to Smoochie is so fucking underrated. Death to Smoochie, I saw the theater. Rocket ship. Uh. 
And it went, and fucking Rob Williams. Fuck, the fuck is he talking about? Fucking peasants. I love that movie. Oh, it's great. But uh, it anyway, sorry. Like, well, I'm saying like uh, this movie feels like a like a Dane DeVito directed movie. It's kind of weird, but it's a Miloš Forman film. But which is odd. Did you notice during every behind the scenes shot? Because we watched the documentary on Netflix. Yeah. Every time they show Miloš Forman, Dane DeVito's right beside him. Right. He's always there yeah. going, I don't... Because he was, like, almost there to calm Milos down because Milos did not understand what Jim Carrey was doing. Yeah, that's the thing. He that, was like, it, it, I don't... He doesn't understand, like, the method acting. He's like, but I want to talk to Jim. Like, there's one point where Jim's talking about, like, Milos called me, and because I wasn't there in right. person, I answered his gym. And he's like, hey, I can't deal with Tony, man. And he's like, do you want me to fire Tony? Which is a scene in the fucking movie. Right. I guess you can fire him, man. He's backstage on Taxi. Again, is, is that Milos Forman being the director, catering to the actor's need no. to play that I part? Don't, I don't think so. You don't think Milos would go to that limit to be like, he's playing a game with Jim Carrey, knowing that this is all part of his process? I think based on Milos Forman's previous films, he does not operate that way. Did you not see Amadeus? I did, but he he didn't have to deal with, you know, F. Murray Abraham wasn't like, get the fuck out of here, Milos. I am, <laughs> you know, he wasn't. I'm Tony Clifton, Milos. <laughs> yeah, he, so Milos was, because the way I, the reason I think that way is because of early in the documentary when, when Jim Carrey first starts doing the role as Tony Clifton. Right. And Milos is like, stop. I want to talk to Jim. Stop. Stop! Like, can we do this? I know, I know what you're doing. I know you're doing a thing, and it was like it was a little too. The the, the reactions were a little too genuine for a non actor. It just felt like that was Milos going. I don't. He's trying to catch up because later on he doesn't do that. Right. He's more like, all right, Andy. Oh, can you come out here and? Right. Yeah. 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 But well, what a fucking pain in the ass he looked like on set. Well, especially on the taxi set, when they show the behind the scenes of when the taxi oh, yeah. stuff's being shot. It's really out of head right there. I feel like that's probably the middle of the shoot. And Foreman is just like, okay, this, I want this movie over with. I want to be done with this fucking movie. I want to move on here. I'm done. I'm done with shit. I'm done with this method acting nonsense. But I, but, I, I hope Milos wasn't dying and looking back in this movie and be like, what, so. what a piece of, like, I wish I would have done. Because I think he I, did a fucking, that's my favorite movie that he did. That's a good movie, yeah. Well, I think at the end of the day, I, I don't know. A part of me, Milos was in on the joke, much like this is an Andy Kaufman experimentation thing, and it's going to be in that in that realm of, okay, this is an experiment. This is designed, because we want people to talk about the movie too, because this is also going to be cross-promotion. It's going to promote the movie that we're making because Andy Kaufman was so batshit crazy. The movie has to be batshit crazy because you're channeling Andy Kaufman. Yeah. And you have to be like, is Andy Kaufman going to show up at the end of the movie saying that he's alive? Like, I remember hearing that rumor yeah. that Andy Kaufman's in the movie and he's really in it. He, he showed up because he was never dead. It was all a prank. But that's not true. But I, whatever, because he never came back. There is, you know, the conspiracy theorists in you, but it's way too fucking obvious. And they even put a line in there early <clears throat> in the movie, like right. half an hour in, I'd say. He's like, beyond faking my death or moving the blah, 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 what can I do? To surprise these right. people. That's when right, he's talking about yeah. Tony Clifton. Right, now, one of my yeah. favorite scenes in the movie is is uh, 
George Shapiro goes to, I think it was Vegas? Yes. And he's like, wants to see Tony Clifton because Tony invited him. And he shows up and he's sitting there and he pours the drink on uh, Bob's head. And he's insulting the audience. And he's like, ah, what are you going to do? And he's a terrible lounge singer. Right. And he comes back. He's like, he invites him back to the back room and he's sitting there like eating uh, chicken wings or something. Yeah. And he like does like pulls the glasses down and he winks. And I was like, he's, and then you realize he's like, oh, fuck you, Andy. <laughs> like, like, oh, you got me so good. I love that scene. Well, well, you know why this movie's so good also? It's written by Larry uh, Kess and Scott Alexander, the guys that wrote um, Larry, uh, um, fucking the movie you just talked about with Milos Foreman. People versus Larry Flint yeah. and Ed Wood. Ed Wood. Oh yeah. And um, uh, Ed Wood. Larry Karaszewski. They've, they've written really great movies. They're, they're two of my. They're probably my two favorite screenwriters as a duo, a team. Yeah. They've written some really solid movies. And they've really worked good. Th- okay, I'm looking at Larry. Larry Karaszewski. He did Dolomite is my name, which I still have yet to see. Yes, love that movie. Goosebumps. Great movie. I love that movie. <laughs> You love Goosebumps? Money. That was money. Big was Eyes, money. which is a Tim Burton movie. Big Eyes is good. He directed I a like screenplay I fucking love for a movie that's also underrated, 1408. Yes, 1408 was good. I fuck. I love 1408. I like 1408. I don't think I don't love it as much as Man on the yeah, Moon. Don't get me wrong, but like I <laughs> I think that movie is very underrated. Right. That's just a, yeah. He also yeah, directed what or wrote one of my favorite movies of all time from 2003 called Agent Cody Banks. Money. Yes. Uh, he also he, did Problem Child. They created the Problem Child universe. So he wrote People vs. Larry Flint, which has Norm MacDonald. He wrote Man in the Moon, which has Norm yep. MacDonald. He also wrote Screwed, which is Norm MacDonald. Did he do Screwed? Okay, he wrote Screwed. Good. Okay, wow. He wrote Problem Child, the nice. TV series. Uh, he wrote all of those. And uh, Ed Wood. Yes, Problem Child was their creation. Yeah, Ed Wood. Problem Child, the first one's a fun movie. Love the sequels are yeah. fucking garbage. I don't think they wrote them. They probably just got to check for characters. Like, oh my god, story, and just like, yeah, fuck it, whatever. See, I, I'm thinking you're right. You are correct. It's something I didn't notice: the Danny De- Danny DeVito factor. Because what happened the year after? Norm Macdonald, Dave Chappelle, Danny DeVito screwed the writer of Man in the Moon. They all kept going together. This feels. Wow. Everything we're adding in here seems like this is a Danny DeVito movie. And it's how much he was on set and like comment. He talked more during the comment during that documentary than Milos Forman did. Right, yeah. I think you're right. Danny DeVito was there. Yeah, I think I think this is a Danny DeVito directed movie. I think I I think Milos Forman was smart in letting Danny DeVito say, like, well, what happened? Show me what happened. Oh, definitely. Shoot it that way because you were there. I mean, that makes it that makes it realistic. That's pretty much what it is, and I, I think that's fair. And good on Milos Forman. Oh yeah. The the, the, the wherewithal you know, tenacity. Be like you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna be like you know what? You were there. You know. So just because t- I don't know what the fuck you do anyway. So this movie has to be finished. I have to have to have a finished movie. So just help me out here, Danny. Let's let's go. Other Danny than being Vito, another movie about a weirdo, which I've done several movies of. <laughs> It's kind of his his niche. <laughs> Once upon you know, thing. Cuckoo's Nest, Amadeus, yep. Larry Flint, and this yep. all about fucking weirdos, genius weirdos. 
Um, well, maybe not Cuckoo's <coughs> Nest. He's not a genius, he's but... He's a biopic guy. He's a biopic <laughs> guy. Yeah. But I... This one... You're right. The Danny DeVito factor, I think, played way more of a part than I realized until right now. And using him as a resource is incredibly important. I didn't even really factor him in that much until... Because I knew he produced it, but I didn't realize until I watched that documentary today how much he was there. Because some producers, like Spielberg, he doesn't show up to the set for most of the the things he produces. He's not there. His name is attached. That's it. Poster guys. Poster yeah. Guys. He threw some money. That's probably the one that he was there. Because he fucking directed that, that movie. Like a Spielberg movie. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. So Spielberg Poltergeist to is Poltergeist is DeVito to so. Man on the Moon. In a way, yeah. I would say I would agree. Yeah. Um, makes sense. It but, just makes sense in that respect because yeah. he was there. And, uh, okay. So back, sorry, back to what we we're discussing there, I, I guess. A minute, fuck, ten minutes ago. How do you feel yes. about Andy Kaufman's? I guess I would say aura as, as a comedian, you know, actor. His entire presence. How do you I, feel about that? I just think I think he was a performing artist. He's not really an actor, not really a comedian. It was more or less about what you could get away with. And about reaction, it wasn't really, he wasn't doing it for comedy's sake because he would fuck with you. Like, he he didn't care if he didn't laugh, and that's not a comedian. He wanted to get the reaction of someone. So, so I think, in a way, like, he's just, he's a guy that understood how to play the game, and he just went for it. And I think he probably thought, why not do this? Why, why, you know, I don't take anything seriously. I don't, I think he, it's all a joke, it's all a scam. Why can't you have fun? playing into the scam like with wrestling he knew wrestling was fake yeah so why couldn't you you say you know what i want to be a wrestler but i don't want to hurt myself with men so i'm going to wrestle women which is just funny and at the same time it's like you're asking for trouble if you're doing that and he was that's the goal pissed and that was the point yeah and i'm sure you know bob zamuda had the same idea or was because they're all because this was all pre-written this was all written in and even, like I said before, um, Jerry Fowler, not Fowler, um, he was in on Jerry it. Fartwell. Jerry Fartwell. That's what uh, Woody Harrelson kept talk, uh, referring to him as Jerry Fartwell, Fartwell in, yeah. front of Con- in front of the Supreme Court. Your Honor. No, that was in front of the Fartwell. regular court. Oh, God. God damn. Uh, people was Larry Flint I watched for the first time in a long, long time, and I yeah. laughed my ass off the whole time. Remember the Jim Norton joke where he goes, uh, I met Larry Flint and I was so excited because the man's like a hero, he's an icon. I go, Mr. Flint, I just want to say, you know, thank you for standing up for, for freedom of speech and all the Second Amendment and all that. Or First Amendment. And he goes, ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he just, this big retard in a wheelchair. <laughs> and that's the Jim Norton joke. Yeah. He goes, oh man, don't meet your heroes. <laughs> Oh god, it's hilarious! But also, Larry Flint probably knew what he was doing right there. Might have been a joke, but uh, he's dead too. Larry Flint just died, right? He's been dead a while. I think so. I feel like he's been dead ten years at least. At least ten years. He had to have been dead for ten years. But it it is weird to me because there's a crossover in my mind. Larry, yeah, he died at seventy-eight in twenty twenty-one. 
Oh shit, 2021? February 10th, 2021. Wow, so he just died. Holy shit. Yeah. Um Did he have the COVID? The COVID get him? It, I'll see there's him a weird coming. Can I can I rec can I mention a weird crossover in my mind? Because these two movies are, are always going to be tied together in my mind because of the I same director, absolutely. same cast, same absolutely. same overall premise, just very different yes. like people. Because Andy's like a sweetheart in real life and actually was like a genuinely nice person, but and then you know Larry Flint is just a self admittedly a sack of shit. Sure, but they did a similar thing. They wanted to piss off the establishment, and that's really their main goal. Right. Love me or hate me, you're going to feel something. And that's kind of what I love about Andy Kaufman. Is I'm going to challenge what you feel about comedy. I'm going to challenge what you feel about actors. I'm going to challenge what you feel in this and that and that. And, but either way, you're going to feel something, whether it's hate or love. I don't care which. Right. Both, both amuse me, which is what I find so pure about him. Mm-hmm. But if I was sitting in his audience, I think I would be like, oh, man, come on. Like, yeah, Great Gatsby, and you're trapped yeah. there for three hours. I would have been one of the people sitting there because I'm like, how fucking far is he? I would have been like interested. Exactly. If I had yeah. the night free, I'd be like, how far is he going with this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Oh, you read the whole. I would have been that guy. Because <laughs> I would have been like, always. Oh, I respect you. I respect. I would because he. I'm like, he doesn't yeah. give a shit, and I love that attitude. Yeah. It's the same reason I love the movie Dirty Work, which coincidentally stars Norm Macdonald. Where was I going originally with this? Oh, oh, the, the tying together. I, Because I, my parents would always watch their, their TV shows when they, when they were growing up, you know? So I'd always watch Taxi and Cheers. Right. Which stars the real Andy Kaufman and then Woody Harrelson. So, that's, so it really ties them together even more. Interesting. Uh, interesting side note, the uh, Woody Harrelson character might, never, might not have been Woody Harrelson. It could have been Werner, Werner Herzog's. Um, the bear guy. Oh, really? Because he was an actor, and he was this close to being cast as Woody. The, dead, the like dead man. Woody Harrelson. The dead man, yeah. Uh, oh, God, what was the documentary called? Uh, Grizzly, Grizzly Gr- Man? Uh, yeah, Grizzly Man. Yeah, Grizzly Man was supposed to be... He was one... Re- I did one not know that. Step away from Woody Boyd on Cheers. That was his claim to fame. He was, I've, he was almost cheers. I've loved Woody Harrelson my entire life. He's in my top, I don't know, 10, 15 actors. I'm so glad he got out of that dumb, like, Southern Hick character that he was in Cheers. Oh, yeah. That would have been any other actor, that would have been his life. He's his done career. so mm-hmm. much in so many different genres. Yeah. Because he goes from, like, Cheers to White Man Can't Jump to yep. you know eventually he gets into like these weird independent movies with Ben money Foster train. Money, money Train, train yeah, 95 Money Train with Wesley Snipes Whoops. he and then he does uh his next thing was like Hunger Games where he plays the drunk yeah. he just gets my, and then he shows up in fucking Star Wars Han's Han oh, the yeah, Han movie and you're like solo yeah but he's the same character he is from everything else but he's it still works he's wonderful in the movie he's, he's a guy that will be in anything but he's always great yeah. So you don't yeah, you don't great. bitch about him. He's true, just true detective. True fucking detective. Best, He's so good. Best show. And he has the best ever. nudity I've ever seen in a movie. And I was so that's, jealous of him. That's right. He put his face in her ass. The and show's canceled, man. Sorry. I, I, was, I was watching <laughs> people's reactions to that that show, and it was pretty good. Just because it's Woody Harrelson, that scene didn't piss me off that he got to do that. And I was like, it's yeah, fucking it's Woody like, Harrelson. He deserves it. He deserves it. 
Good for I, you, yeah, Eddie. if it was like, Woody. if it was Colin Farrell, I'd be like, that guy's got a free pussy his entire life. He doesn't deserve this shit. <laughs> I love your asshole. I want to eat it. <laughs> yeah. What's going on over here? There's, there's a difference there. Uh, yeah, right. We are, I'm sorry, I I won't say we are. I am all over the place. I'm kind of doing my backstory with the characters you like who Andy don't Kaufman? exist. Like Andy Kaufman? I love the anarchist method right. of Andy Kaufman, yeah. especially as a punk fan. You know, growing up with right. punk music, yeah. I, I yeah. fuck everyone and your preconceived notions of what comedy can be. Right. How about, because Monty Python's the same way. Yeah. So much so that Monty Python did the exact same bit Andy Kaufman did. They did it before he did. Right. Well, yeah. But if you li- and if you yeah. listen to Andy Kaufman, or sorry, Monty Python, John Cleese tells a story about how they made a record. Or they made, sorry, in the sketch in the TV show, they would lower the volume a little bit every few seconds. And then you would turn up the, 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 you know, the audio and blah, blaring when they go back to normal. Right. So every time I watch Man on the Moon and Andy does the, you know, we're making the vertical and they turn it, yeah, yeah. it's, they think the TV doesn't work. And I'm like, that I I love it, but I have also already seen this because Monty Python did it 15 years beforehand. Right. So they're tied together, Maybe. though. I, I love the go, like, I'm going to do my thing. And that's yeah. why I do puck and I don't give a shit who listens. It's, it's really been my motto for my entire life. Oh yeah, I, I just don't. I, I'll never care about success. It's not about that. It's about entertaining myself, which right. is not a great thing. It's not. I've lost so many friends. No, but think about like because there's a scene I love when Danny DeVito goes to him and Bob. He goes, "How far is this you know, the wrestling? How far is this going to go? Like, are you trying to enter? You're a comedian. Are you trying to entertain your audience or just yourselves? Just you two assholes." Yeah, and that's. I understand that's that, pretty much it. but yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Why? Because, yeah. Why is that not fine? Because I've done so much stuff just to entertain myself. I don't give a shit if anyone yeah. likes it, anyone watches it. I don't care. Gonna well, do I it. I think that's that's the difference. That he wasn't a sellout. Yeah. And what happens? A lot of these actors. That's why there's so much resentment in people who are successful because they have to cut corners and compromise on things that they probably shouldn't have because it would have been the same outcome. It's like you're still going to have that. You're still going to have success, but then that success is going to end anyway because you have a finite amount of time for success anyway. Yeah. Especially in entertainment. Especially like back somebody, then. I feel like nowadays you can do whatever the fuck you want as long as you well, don't touch now, a woman. You're fine. Now, well, now just no one gives a shit because everything's been done and nobody's good. Yeah. Nobody's nobody's entertaining. Nobody's interesting anymore. They cast Instagram models to be actors now, and it's like I don't. They have no personality. They're interchangeable. Like I, I don't care what ethnicity they don on them for 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 um, for inclusivity. They're boring. Find me good character actors. Like I want actors that are interesting. Like I don't care. Like oh, we have to have four check boxes. We have to have the gay character. We have to have the black guy. We have to have the Hispanic guy. Now we have to have the Hindu guy in every movie. And it's always going to be played by the same actor, the guy from the Twilight Zone episode and Eternals. That guy, who's, come on, who's Johnny, movie. who's great, who's great, but he's the, he's like the Indian guy. He's in my top he's five com- uh, com- comedians. So, oh, he's hilarious. He really he's, is. He's yeah, go-to Indian guy now. Which, Fucking hilarious. Like, though. Well, I don't want him. I yeah. want him because I like him. I don't yeah. want him because oh, he has to be in this box that you have to fill out. No, the Eternals was all about box checking. 
Yes. We got this. Yes. We got this. We got the little lesbian girl. Terrible. We're checked there. Terrible. I didn't watch it. I still haven't seen it, so I don't know. I watched it twice now. The second viewing was much more tolerable. Right. Yeah. It's it's not great. Like it's not I good. Just, I have zero interest. But it's I have like zero in the end. In I'll say this: you should watch it for the for the last five minutes because you're like. I don't want to spoil it, but you're like, how has this not come up in the other Marvel movies? Right, yeah, this is. There's a, there's a giant celestial coming out. There the is. Like, like uh, Cabin in the Woods. I, know, I, I saw you're like, how? Yeah, yeah. It's like. Yeah. Hey, guys, Inside the air. Yeah, it dies. I'm stuck. They touched the. It felt like an anime. They touched the ground and it cold. dies, but. I'm really cold out here, Spike. Okay, so. Can you guys set up some blankets? <clears throat> As far as Andy Kaufman goes, I love everything about him. I think I, in, a, in an audience, I would be kind of bored, but because it's hard to like breathe in the entire persona in the moment. You know what I mean? Like now I can look back and go, oh, that's fucking incredible because I know the joke. Right. So it's hard to sep- like, it's hard to separate yourself. In reality, you'd be sitting there going, why is he reading a fucking now? Fuck this guy. Right, yeah, exactly. You probably walk out and you'd be pissed, and then you look back after he died and go, Oh, you fucker. Like, ah. Pretty ingenious. You'd be pissed, but you'd be like, Oh, shame on me. I bought into it. Uh, Yeah. And that's what I love. I love it. He's like, I'm actually British. You know, it was the best of times. He's reading Tale of Two Cities, and, and then he's like, Thank you very much. I, and goes right back to reading it. <laughs> I'm not going to play that stupid part that you guys are watching. It's Kurt Cobain. Fuck you. Yeah, exactly. Kurt Cobain felt the same way, which is ironically this movie, is, the, the female lead is is Kurt the Courtney Love. Is the, the one who probably him. killed him. And that's what I heard on that movie, that documentary that I saw that made a very good point. They have a very, very good case in that movie made. Kurt, uh, what was it? Courtney loves Kurt. There's a I few of them. Featuring. His daughter made one called uh, Soaked in Bleach. <coughs> right. Which is solid. There's yeah. another one called, like, I know, some other song they did. Soaked in Bleach isn't one of them. Bleach is a song Something they did. Something in the way. No, it's not Batman. Um, <laughs> Batman. There's another one that's not as good as, as uh, his, uh, what's his daughter's name? Francis. Bean. Francis, Francis Bean, Francis Bean. Who did a really good version of that. Really good uh, documentary on her dad. Yeah, she, she kind of has a love-hate relationship with her mother, I think. It kinda, like, sometimes she'll be like, okay, she's all right, and next thing she's like, fuck her. I don't well, want to do anything to do with her. she's not far off from her no, character in People vs. Larry Flint. No, and if you're not sexually attracted to Courtney Love, do not watch People vs. Larry Flint, because I forgot how much she's nude in that movie. I, th- I knew about the, like, the scene where she died. And I knew about the scene in the hot tub with the threesome. I remember that. And I didn't realize she was naked most of her scenes. If you're questioning your heterosexuality, do not watch Larry Flint versus the... She's disgusting in that movie. I don't like pussy! Can I say this, though? She is funny, and she is a very good actress in in these two movies. Yes, she is. I don't want to disparage her there, but I find her disgusting sexually. And then she fucked Russell Crowe and Ed Norton... And she Trent Reznor, and he wrote she Star fucked. Fuckers Incorporated about her because Billy Billy Corrigan. She fucked him for a while. Oh, I don't know if they fucked, but he wrote her music. He might not have fucked her. I think he might be smarter than that. No, she's she, a businessman. They were together for a while. Yeah, 
Trent Reznor and her. Because he was doing songs when she was still with Nirvana, right? Where she was still with him. No, no. After after he died, she was like the first person he called. And so oh, he wrote Star Fuckers Incorporated about her because he was so, he's like because that was that came out in '99, yeah. Kurt Cobain died '94, yes. so she just went on like a fucking tear, and then she, he realized, oh, you're just going to the next big musician. I see. Yeah. So Star Fuckers Incorporated came out. Actors after that, yeah. And now she fucks bad plastic surgeons because she has like a melted face. But she, did, she I don't want to sit here and trash talk her. She's she's good in this movie. Jim sure, Carrey. Jim Carrey loved her in this movie. In the yes. documentary, you watch them, and he's like, "Oh, Courtney's yeah. here!" And they they hug and they dance naked in their underwear together. Yeah. And I was like, "All right, they're having fun." I I, I don't want to shit talk her for no reason. I don't know her, but I, do. I, she's good in the movie. Everyone's yeah. great in this movie. Uh, Vincent, I do want to bring him up there real quick. Vincent Chevalier. Yes, he's also in People vs. Larry Flint. Yes, well, he's, he's another Danny DeVito staple. He is, because he's on Taxi. He's Batman Returns. Yes, he's in a ton of shit. Justice Smoochie, he's in that too. Yes. He, he passed away. He's the best part of the movie Ghost. If you ever see Ghost. Yep. He's the, get off my train! <laughs> he's that guy. He's, yeah. He's dead. He's not. He's no longer with us, R.I.P. Yeah, he died uh, four or five years ago, I want to say. Something like that. I guess he was a chef. And really? Danny DeVito said he used to Like cook. Pig? Like, yeah, he's a professional chef. Like, he said he was an amazing chef. So, I guess Danny Vito said, and on every set, that's why he had Vincent on the set, because he would cook for him. And he says Vincent was a, a master chef. So, that's why he was, like, pretty much every DeVito movie, he brought him in because he wanted him to cook for him. Which is funny. Yeah, Vincent. Make she- me something, Vincent. Vincent Chiavelli died in 2005. Wow. <clears throat> oh, my God. He killed- oh, wow. That's right after Death of Smoochie. He's in Fast Times of my High as well. That's right. Yeah. He's he is really good in Ghost and Tomorrow Never Dies. Good. Yes, yes, Tomorrow Never Dies. I'm going to torture you. Death to Smoochie. We need to do that. Oh man. We are. Yeah, Death Smoochie's a classic. Can we do can we do these three movies in a row? This is a. this is a. the third one's gonna be a pitch to you. Because we're gonna do drop zone, death to yes. smoochie, money train. I think so. That's fine. Okay. I think so because Money Train's got Michael Wincott. I fucking love Money Train. <laughs> really, Wincott's great. Uh, unashamed, love Money Train. I haven't seen it in twenty years though. I haven't either. I saw it when it came out in video, and I haven't seen it. Since, so, so drop. I'd be curious to zone. Watch that. Yeah, that sounds good. We'll do that because Money funny. Train has the combination of Woody Harrelson and Wesley Snipes. Yes, from Drop Zone. It does. Well, shit, we're gonna have, we're gonna have a we're gonna have a Wesley Snipes fest. So drop zone. Oh, should we do a rising sun after that with him and uh, him and uh, Maybe. Bond? Death <laughs> to Smoochie. And then what I'm I say? Very, drop. I'm very Tacard. Money train. We'll do money train, and then we'll do uh, what's that shitty, shitty cheap, the Lawrence Brothers movie that just came out? Plane, money plane. Oh, money plane. Oh God. I'm the Zedarius, the, the Grouch, the Grouch, the fuck it is. Grouch the third. <laughs> I'm a motherfucking badass or something. Oh, God. We, yeah, we could do oh, that. shit. Uh, Vincent Schiavelli's in Lord of Illusions. The, the Yes, he is. He is. Yep. The uh, Clive Barker movie. Yep. X-Files, I remember that episode. Yep. That was, that's uh, 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 that's Adam's, Adam's episode. Three Ninjas yep. Knuckle Up. I remember him from that. Why wouldn't you do that movie? <laughs> He was in 
the original Matrix, the TV series. Batman the Animated Series. Batman uh, Returns, obviously, is the organ yeah. grinder. Yeah. Eerie Indiana, which is like the first version, kind of, of like... Uh, Are you afraid of the dark? Yeah. Kind of, kind of like that, and it kind of reminded me... Of, it came out later, but it's like a weird... Like, I feel like no, actually, it's, David it's Lynch produced light, it. It's more of a Sam Raimi, David Lynch kids it's show. David Lynch. It's a David Lynch kids show. He was in Tales from the Crypt and Morning Mess, which we've done. Yeah. He is in Miami Vice. I would believe that. Star Trek Next Generation is the peddler. Dorf on Golf, which if, you know, I grew up in Michigan, so Dorf is huge. Tim Conway, very good. Yeah. Fast Times, the TV series. He was in the movie and the TV series. Oh, Jesus Christ, they made a TV show. Who's the boss, of course, because he won the work with Tony Danza again. Who doesn't? Amadeus, of course. So he, he, oh, he, so he actually started as a Milos Foreman guy. There you go. Okay. All right. Oh, and I think he's in. Well, uh, no, nope, never mind. Taxi was before that. Was he in Cuckoo's <laughs> Nest? No. Is he in Cuckoo's Nest? No. Okay. No. Okay. You think it would be because he looks like one of the guys that would be in there. Well, the problem Lloyd. is that Christopher Lloyd looks like him in that movie. Christopher Lloyd and. Brad Dourif took that part, I guess. He's a night shift. Another classic movie there. That's a fun one. Yeah. Um, Frisco Kid. Butch and yep. Son, that's the early days. Oh, WKRP in Cincinnati. That's another show. Classic. I yep, watch. A classic Starsky show. Hutch. Oh, just got there. One flew the cuckoo's nest. Oh, he was in it. So, but the problem is okay. both Milos Foreman and Danny DeVito Started yes. right there. Like, not started yes. their careers, but their career, right. they're intertwined since then. Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah. So, it makes and sense. And that's why Dan- Danny knew Christopher Lloyd when they did Taxi. They're both in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say I've never thought about this rabbit hole here between these two guys, but it is deep. It goes deep. Yeah. Um, It's crazy. Pretty good. Tony Danza well, did not show up for this movie. How it goes. I know, but yeah, you know, I never ever thought about this one. Usually, because usually I'm like, oh yeah, I thought about that, but no, this one never. Much like uh, Paul Rubens and and uh, what's his name, the character actor that went to prison, for, Jeffrey Jones. Uh, Jeffrey Jones. <laughs> that that circle of friends. Jeffrey Jones is in. I looked up last night. Is in Milos Forman movies or a, yes, a movie. Is. He is in... Jeffrey Jones is in a lot of movies. He is, but specifically he is in Milos Forman's movie. I'll pull it up here. He is in... Was it Taking Off? You know it was that one that you were talking about, the character actor movie. No, it was the one after that. What was it? Vincent Schiavelli's in Taking Off from 71. Wow, okay. Uh, I miss Sonia Henny. Did not start anyone from that we know. It might have. Was it Visions of Eight? Oh shit! Nope. Well, Jeffrey me. Jones has not worked since Hair, Deadwood the movie twenty nineteen. Oh, it was Black Peter, I think. Wow. Um. No. Okay. No, it's not. I looked it up last night, and I was like, oh, Jeffrey Jones, of course. Because he was he's worked with every director you like, just to ruin it. 
<laughs> so I, I, I sent the dick last night. Ragtime from 81. Ragtime, yes. That's James Cagney. Elizabeth yeah, McGovern. Um, Interesting. Howard Rollins. Brad Dourif. Moses Guns. Kenneth McMillan. Pat O'Brien. Donald O'Connor. James Olsen. Mandy Patinkin. Mary wow. Steenburgen. Debbie Allen. Jeffrey DeMunn. Robert Joy. It just keeps going. Yeah, These little character pretty... actors. It's just full of them. And the movie only has a 7.3. <laughs> wow. A young black penis becomes embroiled in the lives of a middle-class white family set among the racial tensions, infidelity, violence, and other nostalgic events of the early 1900s in New York City. It seems like a Robert Altman movie. It does. We'll have shortcuts. It no, sounds but like shortcuts. It sounds, sounds like Nashville. Ragtime. It has the same poster. It's Gosford Park. Yeah. And he's a fucking ensemble director. That's all he ever did. And they gave him so much credit for that. I'm just like, he just would run the camera and they would talk over each other. That was his, that was his thing. Congratulations. I'm not that impressed. I, don't know, I, I, I just kind of hate Robert Altman. I don't know why. Okay, so Jeffrey Jones is in Amadeus. And yeah, Valmont. That was the other one. Valmont. Okay. Okay. All right. Very good. But he worked with him quite a bit. Didn't know he's in he's the eight-year-olds. He's also in the Twilight Zone, nineteen eighty-five. Carl Carl Wilkerson segment opening day as Jeff Jones. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> so can't wait for that. Uh, what's it called? Uh, the episode is called Opening Day. The segment Opening Day. Oh, baseball shit. Twilight okay. Zone, nineteen eighty-five. You know, it's a good thing to bring eight-year-old boys to opening day. Opening day, talking about his butthole. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Last thoughts on the movie. It's a classic. I, I think it's it never gets discussed. Nobody ever brings this up. I think because anybody that would have known who Andy Kaufman is doesn't care anymore. It's such a niche thing. It's like it's so far in the past now. That especially people today wouldn't understand it, and they'd be like, "Yeah, it's not that funny." Whatever. People now, but like, I remember watching this when it came out, and I was like, "I fucking love that movie." What was the box office on this movie? I'm trying know. to remember if I saw this in the theater or not. I don't think I saw it in the theater. I know I didn't, because I, I don't think it came out here until later, and I probably missed it. Jim and Andy, the Great Beyond, has a seven point six. I do love that Jim Carrey starts that off by saying, um, "Right." Fuck! I brought. I was thinking of bring, gonna bring this up earlier, but I forgot. Right. No, he I says something that pays off way later. God damn it! I'm sorry. I shouldn't have brought this up. <laughs> we'll get to the get to the box office. Yeah, man. let's look at the box office. Um, it's not much. It didn't make that much money. I don't think it was a very big hit. I can't imagine it did, but let's see. Budget eighty two million. Estimated. Ooh. Gross worldwide, $47 million. Oh, ooh, that's a That's, bomb. you know, IMDb is never that correct for that shit. They're pretty, they're pretty close, though, but, yeah, it's pretty rough. That's like, you don't even make half your money back. That's yeah, but bad. this is also rental days, and, and True. they don't, they don't factor that. It, it made its yeah. money back. I, it probably did. Well, I mean, yeah, granted. But again, Andy Kaufman, not a mainstream concept. No, but I found the part of the documentary interesting because he's like, I made so many big movies for so many people right? that I just want to do this. And yeah. The guy goes, you ever played a real life person before? And he's like, 
No. Like, he just realized it himself. He's like, yeah, no, I, I guess I never have. And Andy Kaufman probably the closest thing. Yeah, and he goes down He's the rabbit character. hole being so in character. And yeah. it, it's why I hate Jared Leto so much. Right. But for this particular role, I'm not yeah. being a hypocrite. For this exact particular role, I'm on board because that's exactly what Andy would do. Which yes. is fuck with and the parts where he's fucking with uh, uh, Jerry, the wrestler, right? Get uncomfortable even in the documentary because he treats him like Andy would. But then they cut to Jerry and he goes, "Hey, in real life, we were friends. Like, we weren't like scheming, but we had like similar minds. Like, we well, like, I thought this was funny and it was beneficial for both of us. But so but is Jim a- is like, he just he just keeps fucking with me." <laughs> Well, here's the okay. Can you imagine if Gary Oldman was Andy Kaufman? I can he was see one it. Of the, he was one of the actors listed. That would be the cheaper version of the movie, yeah. Oh, I mean, be cheaper. They'd have to pay Gary. Uh, Gary. Oldman. No, the the production would be way cheaper. Universal uh, would not shell out that much money for a Gary Oldman, Andy Kaufman a, movie. A forty million dollar movie it would have made money. Yeah, it's probably true, but they would not have spent as much and would have been nearly as good of a movie. Right. Oh, shit. Oh. We, we should do The Cable Guy. Oh, there you go. I haven't seen that in forever. <laughs> you like that movie. You're, you're a Cable Guy guy, right? I am a Cable Guy guy. Cable Guy guy. <laughs> hey, I'm a, guy. I'm a Cable uh, Guy guy. Cable Guy guy. Poker face. My poker face. Um, trying to see if there's any information here. Oh, here you go. Uh, Jerry Lawler stated that Jim Carrey was Lawler. a handful to work with. Yeah. Uh, it stemmed from Carrey's insistence on staying in character on and off set. Several years later, Carrey sent Lawler some old 1980s records of hits that wrestlers recorded from his personal collection, saying it was a great pleasure working with him. Well, that's nice. Before he died, he made amends with Jerry Lawler. Oh, Jerry Lawler's dead? I'm pretty sure he's dead. Okay. I don't know double, shit about Jerry Lawler. Double, beyond Double check on that. I'm pretty sure he's dead. Don't know. I'm almost, I'm almost positive he's dead. He's pushing an elephant up the stairs in hell. Yeah. He's dead. Let's look up Jerry Lawler. Is he dead? Let's find out. I, don't I can't know. remember. Waiting here. I could, I could be Dr. Death on this show. As soon as I find him. He's been dead for 10 years. Courtney Love's alive somehow. Jerry Love. I can't believe that. That's a, She sold her soul to the fucking devil. A Faustian bargain. No, for that he's guy. alive. Okay, good. He looks like he's wearing the most douchiest shirt ever in this picture. <laughs> Does it say I'm Jerry Lawler? No, not it's. Lawler. Oh, Ed Hardy shirt. This is What's 20, up, bro? This is 2011. Want to get some pussy? Yeah, so that's, that's what that guy would say wearing that shirt. Let's get some pussy in Vegas, bros. You know what part of my favorite parts of the documentary were? Was, and they're two separate ideas, but the same same idea overall. Bob Zamuda and then Jerry Lawler. They show both of them having like nostalgic stuff because they actually both knew right. Andy. Yeah. But Jerry Lawler's watching like the old clips and being like, yeah, like I, I did this like in real life. You know, he's telling like the behind the scenes stuff. I found that fascinating. Right. And Bob Zamuda was telling like, 
you know, I gave him all these ideas, and eventually he hit the he hit the part where he's like, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do my own thing. And then he went creatively bankrupt, and he came crawling back. <laughs> but Jim starts to break down because I don't I don't buy the whole character thing. Oh, that was the thing I want to bring up. You think it was, brought, it was for the movie, like promoting? Yeah. That was the thing I wanted to bring up because Jim has a line early on that they set up where he goes, you know, by myself, I'm Jim. But then right. you get a bunch of people around and I become that character that just wants to please that makes him laugh and do this thing. So that was a good setup line for him as Tony Clifton, like nonstop rating people. And him as Andy, just nonstop doing that and being right. a character. But then you'd see scenes where him as him as Jim being like, uh, he's fucking with the fucking with bob like you can't do any of the behind the scenes shit like universal said they're gonna pull it and they don't reveal right. until the credits that that was a joke right so i'm like was he in character the entire time he doesn't seem like I he was think, i think again i think it's a little bit of of mythology it's you know trying to build up this movie to sell it as a promotional a cross promotional thing and also print the legend i'm sure people would be like yeah because every time a movie needs an, an oomph they need to try to sell it on different levels so like the jared leto thing like he's so into character he said everybody used condoms on the set of suicide spot he's so into character it's just like he didn't do that you know shut up yeah if he did he's an asshole because it's just weird it, has, it doesn't do anything for the film especially when you're all the shit is cut out of the movie because the movie's a different movie than the one that was on the script because they fucking gutted that movie so badly. But you know what's it's weird like, is I'm looking at Bob Zamuda's IMDb. Not much. No, but he worked on the number 23 after this movie as a desk clerk with Jim. Oh, interesting. And you know what's even stranger? Bef- four years before this movie, he was an electronic store owner on Batman Forever. Oh, wow, okay. Interesting. So he knew Jim right. before this. Maybe, I think Bob Samoon is one of those guys that's like a writer for comedians. He's probably made a career just helping out a bunch of different comedians. He was in DC Cab. Yeah, I'm sure that's what it is. Because he's just one of those guys that probably lives in Hollywood, made a career being the writer that people would go to write jokes. He gets paid, you know, the payment of the table or whatever for the week. And that's how he makes his living. Yeah. Which is an awesome way to go. Oh, hell yeah. I'd love to have that life. It was so great. <laughs> just like, well, I, I pretty much have that life now. I just don't, don't make money. I don't make a lot of money, and I don't really do anything for anybody. But it works out. It all. I'm pushing an elephant up the stairs. Would you believe they, they put, put a man, man on the moon? Elephant Daddy, up the stairs. Yeah. Yeah, you hawking on elephants. Are you singing? Are we having fun? So, yeah, overall, this is an eight. You give it probably a higher grade. I give it an eight. eight. I give it an eight. Solid film. Love it. It's one of those movies I do enjoy. Um, I'm glad to see it again, and I'll revisit it in the future. And I can't wait to show my children that I'll ever have. Yeah, it's, it is a bizarre feature that if. Even if you don't know who Andy was, it still works because they give you enough information to go off. Right. And that's all you really need in a movie. It's a character movie. 
It's a performance movie. I love the scene where he admits he has cancer and nobody believes him because that's right. obviously what would happen in real life. Yeah, of course yeah, you're yeah. fucking with us. That's your entire existence at this point, Andy. There's, it's a touching movie. The scene where I, this is the first time I watched this movie and saw the scene where they pull, you know, he goes to like India or wherever he goes and they pull the little spleens out of you, wherever it is. Yeah. It's, it's the, the first time I watched it and saw that Andy saw he's faking it. Oh, you didn't see that before? I, I didn't. Okay. I yeah, don't know why. Just, he yeah. He starts laughing because he knows it's a, it's a cutlet. He has like a yeah. chicken cutlet and it's on the chicken cutlet. And that's what he's doing. And he laughs because like, this guy's doing what I do. This yes, the, the, exactly like yeah. what I was going to yeah. say. He He's yeah. doing what I'm doing, but for a different reason. Yeah, exactly. And he goes... <laughs> Much worse. He realizes he's fucked. Yes. But it's like sweet and it's kind of like a little comeuppance without being brutal to him. Right, yeah. Where he's like, oh, you gave me hope. Okay. This is funny. This yeah. Is fun. This is. <laughs> he's like, ah. Uh, this is. Yeah, okay. I get it, man. I get it. Player's going to play. I get it. All right. The joke's on me. The joke's yeah. on everybody. Joke's but in reality, it's, it's sad as shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, that was the first well, time I saw yeah. that he saw the fakeness of it. I don't know why I didn't see that before. I, I probably just looked away for a second every time. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like, right. I don't know, they're pulling out guts. And I don't know. But yeah. I watched it and I was like, oh, shit. Like, yeah, that's sure. why he, like, smiled. I thought he was, like, going, because it hurt. No, he's laughing. Yeah. It's like, this is a joke. This is a bunch of bullshit. But it looked, like, if you were doing the pain shot, it would right. look the exact same, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's well, why that, I thought. It's the, uh, the old trick. Uh, that old visual trick where you put the face of a man and a dead cat, yeah. a baby, a piece of food, you know, a candy bar, a cigarette. It's like it, it represents it, it, the face that never changes, but people think it does because it's co- it's uh, correlating with an image. It's yeah. supposed to define what's he feeling. But the editing uh, experiment. The master. Yeah, it's a pretty ingenious way of fooling yeah. people. It's And it's interesting there because I, I don't know how I didn't see that he saw that it was fake. I knew it was fake. Right. Like, but I assume he didn't see, and then I realized, oh, he's hiding. I just didn't see that exact shot. Right, yeah. That's I don't know. Funny. See, just, that's why you got to watch the movie more than once. Yeah. It's things, just, it's, know? and I've seen this movie, I don't know, I don't want to say 10 times, but probably <laughs> seven, eight times. Sure. That's yeah. the first time I saw that he saw it. It's just weird. So you catch, you catch something new all the time. I love that part where uh, Bob's Buddha takes Andy to the whorehouse. And he goes, she treat him kind of nice. Because oh, Andy's here every fucking <laughs> yeah. week. He's like, Jesus. No, and Andy, that guy. And she's like, Yeah, he's all that. You fucking asshole. He's like, Yeah, I knew it. I should have known better. <laughs> yeah, I love that. And he's just wrestling uh, topless girls. <laughs> yeah, top, yeah. If I give you three hundred dollars, will you come ruin a TV show with me? <laughs> Shows up as Tony Clifton. <laughs> I love the whole Tony. Oh, let's get out of here. We're done. <laughs> we keep going. All right. Go see the movie, guys. It's Have just me here. saying I love this scene. I love this scene. I love it. Outro video, Dick. Hollywood. 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 Hollywood.